2: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. And it's a holiday Monday in Canada. And I found that out the hard way um, last night, gentlemen. Uh, as I was driving back from the Toronto Marlies uh, overtime victory over Lehigh Valley, uh, I was driving down the QEW towards Buffalo. And I noticed a lot of fireworks similar to the way it would be for July 4th. Uh, in the states uh and i'm i think halfway between hamilton and st Catharines, and all of a sudden on the road in front of me maybe a couple hundred yards was this big white plume of smoke and i'm like okay what is this i i'm thinking that maybe there was an accident or or something, and I immediately, you know, I'm going 115, 120 kilometers, which everybody else is going on the QEW, and I slam on the brakes, and luckily there was no, and not anybody behind me because I don't know what this big plume of smoke is, and apparently some idiot in front of me. Had dropped a couple of those like artillery simulators and smoke bombs, <laughs> dumped about five or six of them in the middle of the road. And I swear, for maybe three or four car lengths, I'm going through at maybe 20 miles an hour, why afraid I'm going to run into a car or a truck. And then I come out of it and there's nothing there. Why did I, have... what's that? Why does someone carry those with them? Oh, I think it was because it was, well, what's the, ho- I'm sorry, because oh, uh, it's, oh, it's boxed. Um...
3: Because no, it's, it's it's Victoria
2: Day. Yeah, we celebrate the. the he's doing a Victoria Day
3: reenactment. Okay, I get it.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you know, I mean, I and I get it. Don't get me wrong. It's like I mean, you know, I it, people are dropping M80s and K88s and sticks of dynamite and whatever for for July Fourth. I get that, but on the middle in the middle of a of a highway when everybody like, I mean, honestly, I didn't know whether there was a vehicle at the other end of this, and I'm like, you know. Yeah, this is that that was that was more scary than than losing control on a, on a on black ice on the QEW. I have to say, so anyway. it's that, like not ex- not exactly uplifting, it's but go ahead. Well, I mean, go ahead, Peter. I was,
3: gonna, I was just going to say the thing is, is you're going to be where I am, and that's when you're driving along the Trans Canada. and Basically, you can't see in front of you because all the dust coming up with the farmers in their combines plowing wheels <laughs> getting ready to seed. I mean, Wow. It's urban problems and prairie problems. But that
0: yeah. yeah, that's yeah, it's hashtag
2: prairie
3: problems.
0: That's what I Yeah,
3: know. Hashtag
2: prairie problems. No, no, Peter, I just had to ask. I mean, it, that's gotta be because Russ and I drove to Chicago last year. Well, I was uh, you did all the well travel. I I drove and Russ Russ was sleeping. At least for the I was trying he, to sleep. I couldn't even I to try to that. sleep. But on the way on the way back, on the way back he was fine. The, there, the, there was about a two and a half to three hour stretch as we're going through Indiana, which it, oh. it's it's basically flat and boring as hell. Is it is that what it is in like Manitoba and Alberta? Is it,
3: it- well, yeah, exactly. Like right now, if you can see what I'm looking at, it, it's so flat you can watch your dog run away for a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yes you can see the, I wish I was the creator of that. of that phrase but it's not that's that's a long time prairie phrase
2: that's a good prairie that's good
0: prairie humor right there yeah.
2: okay yep. uh, russ go ahead
0: all right so i attended a um, a comic-con called wizard world in philadelphia i think i've probably done about 13 14 of them I, i've been going for a long time and i've watched the metamorphosis of that industry but there's always things that go on there that make me laugh and people can you know Check out my Twitter or Instagram if you want to see some videos and, and such. But I, I had a conversation that I didn't know I was gonna have there, and it was about sports, and it was with the new Chewbacca, Oh. And and he's a big Finnish guy. He um he was a basketball player for a while. Everybody knows that. So I was you know talking to the guy who's friends with him, and I eventually, you know, asked him a question or two just because I, I just I had it out. And the first one was, who was his favorite hockey player? Now, I did predict to the handler that it would probably be Patrick Laine, but I wanted to hear him say it so I could, you know, put it on Twitter and stuff. And it was Patrick Laine. And he actually – this guy is probably – Peter is probably 6'10", and he, you know, he mimicked doing a slap shot. So it was pretty funny oh, wow. that, that he did that. And um, and he said he's great to watch. And so I said, that's cool. He also told me Laurie Markinens, his favorite basketball player. But my answer to him was – that's a no-brainer. Like, who else would you pick? Yeah, he's the only the only Finnish basketball player that was dra- ever drafted in the NBA that I know of. Maybe there's a couple others, but but he's the only one in there now, I believe. And so, so that was easy. But, Wait, you mean, you mean, Le- you, mean Le- you mean LeBron James is not finished? No, no, I'm not finished. Either. Apparently, he's still not, going finish. on. So not finished. Not finished. we still going on. But here was something that he told me that I that blew me away but I tried not to make a big deal of it then. I asked him if he ever played hockey and I goofed around on it about on Twitter before I spoke to him. And he said no because hockey is an expensive sport and we couldn't afford it. And we're used to hearing that in the United States and I know you hear about it a little bit in Canada Peter but yeah. I didn't expect somebody from Finland to say that it was too expensive there. I That was the first time and again. Interesting that it's the the new guy, the new Chewbacca, telling me this. But I had never heard anybody from Finland say, and I've spoken to a lot of Finnish people, as, as you guys have, that it's too expensive to play there for some people. Like you just said, we didn't have enough money growing up, and that really, that sort of got to me. And he goes, "Now look at me," and he, made, you know, and then he growled at me. Yeah. Funny. but, but I, I'd never heard that. Any of you guys? No.
1: No. Um, I, are we talking about how expensive it is to play hockey in Finland? Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard that either, Russ. No, I never really heard that at all. I've, I've always heard nothing but, you know. I mean, I get it. The Finns
0: never complain, right? They just hold a grudge, and they just never smile. And that may be why, because hockey's so expensive to play by the time they make it.
2: And they hate the Russians because the Russians invaded well, in 1940.
1: There's it. a lot of reasons for them to hate uh, the Russians.
0: Yeah I, mean, yeah, I
1: know. I know. Yeah. But I, but, no, <laughs> Let's I, be honest. I was
0: really taken aback. And then the backstory on on Eunice is um, he, played, he actually played his college basketball at Penn State and he's currently living in the philadelphia area right now which is interesting i don't know how long that'll last but right now that that's that's pretty much the deal and well i i I, I have to talk to the new chewbacca and really and i even told the handler before Friday, before the first day that I went, Saturday, before Saturday, the first day I went to the show, I didn't even know who was the actor. I didn't know the actor's name. I didn't know anything.
2: Well, the fu- the funny thing was, and I, I, obviously it wasn't him because he was at this event that you were at, but uh, in for game three of the Cavaliers yeah. Celtics, there was somebody dressed in a Chewbacca costume sitting in the front row. And even was he was- poster, like- I, oh, right, I know. Even he, <laughs> even he was so bored at that friggin' game that he left.
1: It may have been a Wookie. It, we don't. We know it wasn't Chewbacca. It may have been a Wookie.
2: Okay. Okay. Certainly not the Wookie of the year. But I get. <laughs> oh
1: oh Lord.
2: But a bunch <laughs> start the show. Oh. I stick
1: by my shirt, Russ. No, Please, just no. No. Peter's
2: gonna oh. drive off the road after hearing that. joke. Oh my God.
1: I can't That's rough.
3: I
0: just heard that.
1: That's really rough. All right, and let's mostly, get going.
0: Mostly, Next, right next to um, Eunice, and you know who's the new Chewbacca, was the guy who played in Rookie of
2: the Year. He was signing too. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, we'll start wow. the start the show, and then I got an up uh, a quick breaking news update here. All right, here we go. Okay.
1: Hello, hockey world. It's Monday, May twenty first, twenty eighteen.
2: I'm Michael Ajello, and we're not talking about the World Championships.
3: Uh, I, I'm Peter Tessier on route between
1: two winnipeg All
0: i'm going right. from sports out
1: you're maya mecklin and how about that team usa you're watching hockey buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com this is the podcast comes every monday through friday at this time to fill you in the comings and goings in the hockey world and definitely we're not starting with the world championships for sure but i would um, hope and i do have a good ex-addict for today as well yeah. but uh let's start with um let's start let's start right at the top because we got peter um and thanks so much for joining cool. us via the road peter and everything and uh oh, my pleasure get, yeah, let's get into it right away. So, um, obviously, game five, the end of the road for this Jets team. Um, what were your thoughts?
3: Well, I look it, the better the team that was playing better won. Let's not take anything away from Vegas and the whole sort of gnashing of teeth and unfairness that people thank are you thank about. you i appreciate there's that there's nothing really unfair about me. what vegas did and if anyone's yeah. crying foul about it you go and call up your owner of the franchise you support and you ask him was the 16.6 million dollars worth it to you to have this happen because that <laughs> was the 30th share of the 500 million that the right. owner got <laughs> so if it was 60 if that was worth your 16.6 million then don't then don't cry because that's basically what it is. Look, I think the Jets ran out of gas. I think um, uh, I I haven't heard uh, Paul Maurice's comments yet. I've just been really tied up with a sort of a road trip I'm on. But I did see some stuff from Jarrett Glant and Marcia, so where they said they felt that Winnipeg had lost its um, edge a bit and its energy level after going seven games at Nashville. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that series was probably a little more – um, taxing than we thought. And frankly, I mean, Vegas,
1: they,
3: I've, I've said this a few times online and in the blogs. They're a one trick pony, but their trick is like, is typical Vegas. It's like a great pen and teller act. You don't yeah. know how they do it, and you can't quite figure it out, but you're always dazzled by it. Right. And, and And they're that good at it. And you got to give them credit. And the other thing is, I, I haven't checked the stats, but if Marc Andre Fleury, the Vegas Golden Knights, go on to win the Stanley Cup, will he do it with maybe a save percentage that breaks every record and maybe never achievable again? Because yeah. that's the other thing that's going on. Is Mark Andre Fleury is doing something he's he's making he's making um Dominic Hassock look ordinary right now.
2: Yeah. That's well, the funny
1: the funny playing. thing about that I'm sorry and then I'll let you go rest, but the funny thing about that is um they showed the stat on TV that actually Jonathan Quick's save percentage was better in the year that the Kings won the Stanley Cup, which is shocking. Like not by no. not by a lot.
0: Shocking, no, because a lot of those games went to overtime. Like he really was fantastic. Yeah, he was
1: incredible, yeah. and not by a lot, but he was still better. Um, and the one thing I want to say about your the tired aspect that you were talking about there, because um, I do think it, it, it bears repeating. I I do think that the you know having only one day off after Nashville, you know, coming out with all the energy. That was great. They had they they went with adrenaline, but they did crash after that, which we knew they which you knew they would. But the other thing is that and and Maurice did talk about it in his press conference for sure. But the other thing I really felt that Maurice didn't didn't do himself any favors by not playing his fourth line enough. Like I really felt like that and and I really felt like Tanev especially was effective. Like whenever he was out there. And I was surprised that, that he went that he that he that he shortened the bench so quickly. Um, and, you know, and of course, you know, I
0: got desperate. Um, yeah. Here's a few things. The first one is just because things have broken right for Vegas doesn't mean your team has done anything wrong or has been doing it wrong. <laughs> all these years. I keep hearing this and seeing this <laughs> as a narrative and it's crazy. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. There are teams and, and I'm hearing in Philly, too. Oh, Ron Hexall, how do we know he's a good executive? Look what Vegas is doing. Like, listen, stop The Vegas narrative has nothing to do with your team other than the expansion draft, and we can talk about that again later. But I'm going to, you know, again, talk about Dustin Bufflin because the last four games, he has one point, he's a minus five, and then here are his hit totals. One hit, three hits, eight hits, one hit. Like, you want to talk about a guy that ran out of gas four games ago? It's Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. And, and again, did he have a lot of minutes? Absolutely.
2: Ah, but, that's... again,
0: he is not at, – at the end of the day, he is
2: not a dominant player in the league because yeah, of this. Yes. He, he's in. He's inconsistent,
1: Act. He always I has totally been. I I think you guys are insane. I mean, let's D- – Dustin Bufflin's not the pro- – I mean, Dustin Bufflin, you can say oh, he's the greatest the series. Oh. No, 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 I'm not
0: saying he's the reason they lost. I'm Great. saying he
2: ran out of gas. He's a – Yeah. Act. Bufflin is a game changer, but when he's a game changer and he, he's at the top of his game, he can he can basically almost single handedly get the Jets to win the game. But sure. you can see when he when he sort of steps back and he's not that dominating force. I mean it's it's it the, the separation between one and the other is is so dramatic that of course, you know he That's because
1: he's so good. I mean that's right, your, he, the reality is not, like- but he's yeah. not consistently good. And that's what... But nobody can Carl's be. I mean, nobody is consistently good. I'll right. let Peter no, go. No, no, no. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. So let Peter here, go. Here's the thing. There's a couple of thoughts on this. Like, look. Bufflin ran a bit out of gas. He couldn't be his dominant self. Yeah. I, I don't... I under, That's fair. The problem is no one picked up the slack. Right. That's, that's true. true. And yeah. that's, that's the issue. Is that it, it was... It's almost like a collective fatigue. A collective... We've got... What do we do next? And I'm not right. trying to say, well, obviously you got to win and play hockey, but it's if the guys you need to lean on aren't there, someone's got to find fill that void, and yeah. no one really did. And and but credit to Vegas, yeah, they, they, oh, sure. they did a lot to take take away any any chance the Jets were going to have of putting a person in place to fill yeah. that void.
2: And and how many how many times in this series did Vegas respond? Within seconds, it's uh, it was unbelievable. It was it was inc- incredible that their yeah. you know their their ability to counterattack and take the momentum away from the Jets at every single opportunity, and you know <clears throat> I I said this on on Twitter this morning, and I and I really believe it. Before the puck has even been dropped in Game One of the Stanley Cup Final. Now that they've made it to the final, I think Marc Andre Fleury is your con Smythe Trophy winner. Oh, yeah. I don't care if they lose eighty to nothing in the four games. I mean, yeah, he, but I can't say it yet.
1: No, they yeah. will be because they got to give Vegas something. Like if they, Vegas doesn't win the cup, you got to hand something to them here. You got to just yeah. even. I mean, Fleury. I mean, he's, he's earned it. But you also, if they don't win it, you got to hand them something and say, yeah, you guys. I mean, because this this is too too big of a story. Too. You know, um, and I was really mad because I heard somebody t- talks about it today. But I mean, I think this is the biggest story. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, driving back from the shore. Since the Miracle on Ice in in hockey, like the biggest hockey yeah, story yeah. since the Miracle. And, on ice. And,
2: and uh and Elliot Friedman referred to it as the Miracle on Dice.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, on, which, I,
2: which I thought, which I thought was really that's great. Good. That's clever. I was yeah. mad you know, because I was. That
1: was that was my going to be my story. Ah, today. I, was,
2: I called it Mystery Nevada, Um but. Yeah. Uh, but no, this and this is the thing. Touching on something that Russ was saying, I'm writing something, you know, because fans. I mean, my my brother is a Leaf fan, going back to you know even before me. Obviously, he's a few years older than I am. And fans of that generation who remember the team winning in '67 and them being not in in the cup, not at in the cup final for 51 years. Some of them are a little pissed off that the the Leafs, you know, that a yeah. team that is in their first year has gone to this length and, and gotten to the final. And I, first of all, I think it's a great story. I, I mean, a, a story like Flurry and other other players on this team and the way the team rallied around the, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the deaths in Vegas, or before the beginning of the regular season and everything that's happened after that, it's a compelling story. And, and, and I, fan bases, you know, the fans in Philadelphia or in St. Louis or in Buffalo or Vancouver or wherever, I mean, get a grip. I mean, I, I and for, for Lee fans, um, and I'm writing this today, look inside, look inward, look at yeah, the organization yeah, yeah. over the last 51 years, look at uh, Harold Ballard and punch him and uh, Brian Burke trading two first round picks for Phil Kessel and all the things that have happened over the, over the 51 years. Don't be envious of a team that everything fell in place. Eventually it's going to fall in place for, for the Leafs. I, I really yeah. believe that, but don't, you know, don't, This is a great story. They're probably going to make a movie about it, and it's it's fan it's phenomenal. So just go with that.
3: Here's another. There needs to be, if I and I actually want Vegas to win the Stanley Cup because I want this sensational thing to actually have the backstory told, where we get guys who go in and do a story on the lead up to the NHL draft. What Galant McCrimmon and thinking what their plans were, what their thought process was yeah. how the offers came in. This needs to be told because it's absolutely incredible. But it's for a all the fans who are bitter, bitter out there, and I had the, I was having this discussion online last night a little bit, um, there was a question said, well, you know, if you're an owner and you now see Vegas Golden Knights in the final, you should be asking your GM, well, why aren't we there? And, I, and there's this tweet going around, I said, you know, that's fine, but one GM isn't responsible for the Golden Knights being there. And, and the way it was set up is that the questions need to be asked to GMs is particularly if you're Anaheim, Florida and Minnesota, and and even even in Columbus, why'd you do that? Why did you give up on those guys? That's the question that owners should get smart on now, because you said, you know what, I may have got sixteen point six million, but. I'd, I'm here to get in the Stanley Cup championship, and this guy right. did it with a blank slate in one season. What? Well, why aren't you making moves like that? Here's the thing and, I want to say,
1: Peter, about that because I—that's I, I, being an asked.
3: Conversation, right?
1: Yeah, that's being asked, and I—and I know somebody. I actually know two people now. I talked to who interviewed for both the Carolina job and the Minnesota job as GMs, um, and they both said to me that they were asked, you know. What can we do like Vegas is doing? Okay. And you know, that that whatever they're doing, their style they're playing or whatever the kind of players they got, how can we repeat and that's of course this is the copycat league. But here's the right. thing that I don't buy the argument, and I think it's unfair if there are people ripping on Florida and people ripping on Minnesota. I mean you can obviously and, and, and you know, in hindsight you can always sit there and say that's for sure. Right. But who are the players that that, that Vegas picked up from the other teams that, that were flops? And that were flops that like think about that. So if, if you think about that for a second, you can't really think of anybody, right? I mean, yeah, obviously. No, I
2: can think of a few. Okay, um, but,
1: but I mean, real flops like that.
2: Bre- Bre- Brendan, Brendan Leipzig. And I'm not saying he's a fl- he's a flop of a player, but because I think he's a good, he's an NHLer, but they picked him up. They really didn't give him an opportunity and they traded him to Vancouver and okay, that's moved so him right out. So that's, but that's, I mean,
1: of the players who played on this team for the whole year, really, yeah. um, you know, you can't sit back and say, that they made one bad decision. And when you I, think they, about they, that for a second, you have to only, say to yourself that it has nothing to do with the decisions because they can't all be that it what it comes down to is this team concept and whatever they are doing is working, right? They, and that's they, what
2: it comes down to. they made two I mean I'd say one and a half mistakes. The only mistake a real big mistake they made was Shipachov, And and trading and, tra- and, tra- and trading three draft picks for Thomas, Thomas Dattar, who's not been a part-time player for them. But that might be a good deal a year or two down the line because he's got three years left in his contract. But the, the, actually, the funny thing is, because I, I was, again, writing this for, for our, the Hockey Buzz column, the team that's sort of forgotten here is Anaheim. Anaheim, they yes. they, they, they they protected Silverberg, and that, that was understandable. They, they they Instead of wanting to protect four defensemen and protect Theodore, they protected three so they could protect Silverberg, but they didn't buy out Kevin Bieksa. And if they would have bought out Kevin Bieksa, they would not have lost Shea Theodore. So instead, they trade Theodore to Vegas to take Clayton Stoner, and Theodore is probably their best or their second-best defenseman. And the thing, the thing is, Anaheim overestimated the depth of their organization, mm-hmm. at least right now, on defense, because when they traded Sami Vatanen, they were all of a sudden thin on defense.
1: Yeah, but that, right, that
2: well, – I've
0: yeah. a couple but, things. First thing is we do have breaking news. It looks
2: yeah, like Andrew was, and
0: Arthur Staples
2: saying Lula Amarillo is the GM of the island. The, the, the GM president. or the president? GM. Wow. Okay, because th- that, was, that was the breaking wow. news I wanted to tell you. Uh, so we'll uh, talk about that in a minute
0: though. So, But here's the thing. I wanted to get back to the other bit of giving Vegas credit for the last couple of games. But in the last game, they basically shut down – Wheeler, Shifley, and Bufflin, and they did it by, like I talked about before, sort of like playing man-to-man defense, what you would do in basketball, by not giving a guy an inch, yeah. and that worked. Yep. And then for two games, they shut down Shifley and Bufflin, and when you do that on Winnipeg, it does show that the secondary scoring, while it was great throughout the playoffs, died. It died for them.
1: Yeah, it did. No, it did. Secondary scoring, and that... And that's what it always comes down to, because we've talked about it before. And I mentioned, you know, to Kevin and other people like that, we joked about it. It's like the fourth line, third and fourth lines, right? That's what happened. That's the teams that win the Stanley Cup. We always sit and write stories about the third or fourth line, and sure enough, last night the that line comes out, you know, and, and wins it. And that's why I was also really more upset about the fact that that Winnipeg didn't play them as much as they could have. And um, and and so interesting. Another uh, along the lines of what you guys were saying before, I did a poll this weekend, um, to see. If I, I, the question was, "Are you all in on Vegas?" Um, and they people had two answers. You know, they could either say, "Yes, I'm pulling for them to win it all," or they could say, "No, other teams have worked harder for longer and deserve it more." Right? And I kind of expected this to go like 60, 70 percent people saying yes, they're pulling for them to win, win it all. Maybe I'm an optimist, I guess. But um, it actually came back 52 percent of people who were not pulling for them. They said other teams worked harder for longer and deserved it more. And then I and then I and then I went into the I went into the analytics of this. In Canada, it was eighty-five percent that w- thought other teams had worked harder, or longer, and deserved it more. Oh, um, yeah. So it's in, so this this split along ca- Canadian U.S. lines, where the Canadian—I mean—I know this is a U.S. team or whatever, but it is the most Canadian, the uh, more, more Canadian players on this team than any other team in the NHL, yeah. right? But Canadians really were not happy about that—that that that, that that this team comes in and a lot. And but well, then you have you look at, you look you have Toronto, you have Montreal, you have.
2: Well, you have to take at any team that beat their. Team that's in their country, though. right? You have to matter. take that into context. That this is the you know, with Winnipeg losing, it's now a quarter of a century. It's twenty five yeah. years that a Canadian yeah. team has not won the Stanley Cup. Now it's been, and Wes and I were talking about this this morning. It's been seven years since a since a Canadian team was even in the Cup final. Right. Twenty eleven, Vancouver. That yeah. I mean, come on, with that, seven teams. It's an but, old
0: narrative that I get tired of. By the way, Lou's running hockey ops, so like the yeah, okay. got had partially right. Whatever. Right. you Parse it as he's
3: there, so whatever. Before, right. before I jump off here, guys, I just want to say one thing about Vegas and, and some of that about Canadians and stuff. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. There, There's nothing. Just get over it. But my wife said this a long time ago, and I tweeted out at the Vegas Nights um, Twitter account, and I said, "If and it's more true now than ever. If they win the Stanley Cup, they better rename that arena or nickname it the House." Because the house always wins. <laughs> I want to give credit to my wife
1: for that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That that has to be a t-shirt. You know.
3: Yeah. I like that.
1: I'm Anyways, make... guys, I
3: got to jump off. Um, great shot you, With you, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Peter. Thank you
1: you. Thanks talk so about. much. Thanks for doing this. All
3: right. Look, look, uh,
1: look, can look. I want one more thing about this before we move on? Go ahead, from it? Go we got. You, there has to be. We have to take some shots at Connor Hallibuck because Connor Hallibuck, I mean, he played. He made saves, but he did the thing that you can never do in the Stanley cup finals or for playoffs at all. Oh, and that's up the middle. Well, no, but just give up goals at the worst possible time. Like we, we talk about like the oh, fact that did you
0: really give up though. Honestly, no, I
1: mean the two goals in the last two games um, before this one, the goals that were really bone crushing when like Winnipeg had battled back were both plays that he mishandled. On when okay, on dunking.
0: I mean, I always talk about it. Goalies always give up a bad goal in every game. Every goalie in the NHL does it. They do.
1: But when you do it, goaltending is about momentum saves, like that. It's okay. about. It, it is not about like you know the the reason Grant Fuhr was a great goalie was not he with a goals against average of over five at times was because he made those saves when you had to make those saves and that was the key and that that's what Hallibuck just didn't do. That's what Pekareny didn't do. Right. That these are they really they both. And Hallibuck in this series particularly, trying to overhandle the puck, it was a disaster. I mean, it really was. Yeah, that was
0: was since that play that I brought up. They definitely got in his head, and now he is going to have to work on it and sort of reinvent the way he does that. Or that could be something like, there was a guy who played for the Mets named Mackie Sasser. He was a really good hitting catcher. And once it got in his head that he couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher, it became like a thing that... Basically ruined his career.
2: Yeah, Steve Sachs, Chuck Knoblock being able to throw from second to first—it just gets in your head, and that's yeah. it. All right. Um, th- this is what has been coming out here. Uh, now, the first report, Elliot Friedman was reporting that uh, Lou Amarello had contacted John Tavares. Now, the first question I had when I heard that when I heard that was, was Lou still a senior advisor with the Leafs at that point? Because that would be tampering, Probably. but the, the, the report from Arthur staple that came out, uh, and, and Elliot, uh, ex, um, expounded on his previous report is that he was believed to be representing the Islanders when he spoke to Tavares. Now, this is the funny thing yesterday at the Marlies game. I bumped into a official within the leaf organization, and that's all I'll say. And when I asked a question, he spoke with Lou, spoke about Lou Lamorello in past tense. And this was before this announcement. So all all I can say is this has been the worst kept secret, which is unusual for Lou Lamorello's uh, uh, th- situation. This has been the worst kept secret even before Lou, uh, uh, before the Leafs decided that they were going to move on from it.
0: This is the comical part about it. If you could imagine Lou Lamorello in an office, like literally yesterday, he had to call the, the logo guys to scrape off the Leafs logo and put an Islanders one on because he knew the story would break today. Right. It's it just, it yeah. is
1: kind of, yeah, the so Lou, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's kind Lou, of funny. Lou definitely does not love this, love social, the social media world. And, and you know, this its impossible for him to keep. I me, mean, he was really good at keeping secrets, but it, no one can keep secrets anymore. The problem is, I mean, and the issue is, and, and this was such an obvious thing for no. so many reasons that you didn't even have to be connected to figure this, that this was going to happen. Um, now, you didn't, you know, that's really where it came down to go ahead. Mike. Now
2: now the, now the question, the question is, is a, will this make any difference to John Tavares, which I, I don't know if it will. And B, uh, what, where does Garth snow stand here now for oh. fans of the Islander for, for, for fans of the Islanders? I think they probably are hoping that he'll be, taking down some of those billboards and not having anything to do with the general managing of the, of the Islanders. But um, I don't know because Lamorello and snow apparently are very friendly. So maybe there'll be some role uh, for snow in the organization. I don't know.
0: Here's what I've sort of surmised Mike. I think he will have a big role. I think they are going to have a triumvirate there and Lou will have the final say now instead of Garth snow, but Garth will still have a lot of pull and so they're going to work together. Like that's yeah. the way it's going to be. And sort of the way I picture it is like Lou is just going to sort of say, Hey Garth, like, you know, run these things by me and let's talk about it. Where before yeah. there was nobody in that organization to do that with like Garth Snow right. was it. That was. And and so this is a, a big deal for the Islanders now because they're adding more layers. What, wow. how many years have I talked about the not being enough people in oh, yeah. their front office? Oh, yeah. And this is, one of those days where they're getting it right,
2: and and the other thing, and this this was only this was mentioned on. Uh, I have to just give them give them proper credit. The thirty one thoughts podcast with Elliot and uh, Jeff Merrick last week. Um, the possibility that if Lou was going to the Islanders, which they mentioned, that Mark Hunter would follow him. Um. Now, obviously, uh, Hunter is looking to be a general manager in this league, but if he thinks that he can either make more money or have more the, the responsibility that he has in Toronto and work under Lou, who he's worked with the last three years. That's a distinct possibility. That hasn't that nothing's been announced. We don't know if that's gonna happen right. or not. He may stay in Toronto. I, I'll tell
0: you this. There's no way the Leafs will let him do anything this draft for the Islanders. No way.
2: Right. They'll, they'll, I'm sure they have him under I, I believe he has a year left in his contract. Right. Under, that's what I'm saying. They they'll let him cut ties in July.
0: Right. This draft. There's no way they'll let him do that. Like right. teams are very protective over that. So that's that's one thing. But, yeah, I think Mark Hunter would go over there. I think they would give him sort of an elevated but not GM position. They'll come up with something yeah. like when Bill Belichick was the assistant, assistant head coach for the Jets and Bill Parcells was still there. They'll come up with a position. But, again, it will strengthen the Islanders. None of this means John Tavares is staying, though. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. All this means, though, is if you're an Islanders fan and you lose John Tavares, the rebuild won't be as bad because now you have people in there True. and they get Hunter really good people in there in place that make you think based on what you saw with the Leafs, right. that this could happen finally. And, and they're going to do it right.
2: And and yeah, the Islanders have a lot of pieces to work with, but I mean, the, the, the thing is with Tavares is that, you know, he's t- what, 28 years old. He's been there since he was 18 years old. They've never won a thing. This is his one opportunity. You know, great. He can get his eight year, $11 million contract. But if he wants to win a Stanley Cup, it's not at least not going to happen with the Islanders for two or three years. You don't know about the building. I mean, there's a lot of question marks about staying in Brooklyn. And there are less question marks for him going to San Jose or Vegas or wherever. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Lou and we know he's you know we know how good of a negotiator he is. I don't know if Lou just on his own coming to the Islanders makes a damn bit of difference whether John Tavares stays or goes.
1: It it, it does it does it does make a difference whether or not it makes enough of a difference. Is, right, that's
0: well, a, yeah, well, that's what we mean. I
1: yeah. mean it it makes a difference. I mean the the thing that Lou the really the brilliant part of this move is the fact that Lou is such a good um, ambassador to player. And he's a great, he's yes. always done a great job at, at, at getting players to go along with whatever the team is doing. Mm-hmm. Cause at times in New Jersey, you know, the things weren't always peachy keen, you know, he, but he, he managed, they would listen to him, you know, they would, they, he would explain to them, this is why we have to do this. You know, this is the business aspect of it, what have you, you know, we got to do this. And, he would be up front and he would be completely up front with them, and they would he would he would sell them he would they would get it you know and that to me is where he comes that that that's usually important because they have not had that you know um and gar snow if anything has gone the other direction right to the point where you know i think a lot of players there are just you know, very un, uneasy about the whole thing you know so this and that there's a big issue right now between what the team is doing you know in general and 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 what the players are to expect lou is the perfect bridge for that you know and the i think that-
0: thing you can't control it is this arena business and there's a problem now i talk to people all the time on long island and it's still dragging it is not even they yeah. haven't even broken ground yet this is a problem for keeping Tavares for sure
2: and and and, and the, the only fallback here is to go back to Nassau Coliseum, which has been redone, but what's the c- capacity? 13 thousand
0: Something like that, 13, yeah. 14. They could yeah, probably seats, I've been told. But there's this other Mike. Remember, there's another arena that they're talking about building on the island that could possibly get built before the one that they had earmarked. So you mean the
2: one, you mean the one in Suffolk, which is far further away from New York City? That that'll be popular.
0: Well, it might be. I mean, again. They've never really had a chance to let the Islanders be Long Island's team. It's always been True. sort of close to New York. Right. True. This would be a way to sort of rebrand it as Long Island only. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think they need to actually be the New York Islanders. I mean, they are. They always will be a name because you're always going to keep New York in the name. But But they could really try a rebranding here. But again, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but it's not a slam dunk like we thought before because now they're just – why is it dragon? Like nobody has an answer about this. Yeah. Other than what I maybe what I said in the first place is environmental environmental impact statements take a long time, but I'm going to give you the minute Lou gets announced, right? I'm going to give you a possible first move similar to what he did with the Devils before he left, getting Corey, Corey Schneider at the draft. He should go after John Gillies with with Calgary. He's a Providence guy. I'm sure he knows a lot about him. Yeah. And he would be better than any. I think he's ready. I've, I've watched him in his NHL stints. I've watched him actually practice with Calgary. He's healthy. He's big. If I'm the Islanders, I get him, and I try and make that my goalie.
2: Yeah, Rod, well, the only problem is is that I, I with Mike Smith's injury in Calgary. Yeah, they may not give him up. Yeah, right. I mean, they have Riddich and they, have, they have Parsons is in the ECHL and probably moving up to the AHL this year. I don't think they're going to give up on Gillies because I mean, Smith's got one year left, and then who's the goalie? Well,
0: so the thing is, I think I think there's still a, a possibility of making a trade because yeah. he, he, look, I don't care that Parsons played in the ECHL. To me, that means but I think he's a I think he's a great prospect. I do. Yeah, he's Jonathan Quick did too, right? Like, I mean, sometimes there's just no room. Right. I think if, if I think there's still a possibility Gillies will get traded here because, at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to keep all of these goalies anyhow. No. And Islanders are willing to part with one of their first round picks. But why, remember, would they, if they get a pick back in return, like a third rounder, right. why wouldn't they make that trade?
2: But remember, remember lose history post New Jersey. I mean, or, or with New Jersey after Brodeur, he trade. I mean. Schneider was established in Vancouver. I mean, he'd played in the NHL. Freddie Anderson was established with the Leafs. If he's going after a goaltender that's going to be the cornerstone of that team, he's going to go after somebody Who who's established. going to get
0: that's established these days. It's a totally Jake. different world.
2: Jake Allen? Jake Allen is
0: not established, though. Like I know. He,
2: well, he's established. He's not great, but I'm, I'm oh, saying. That's the
0: thing. When they got Schneider, he was a no-brainer because you knew that Vancouver couldn't keep him. The way that was set up, it was obvious that he was going to get traded. I can't think of another goalie where it's obvious that he's going to get traded, other than maybe John Gillies, who is just waiting well, for something else to happen because they are blocked. Grubauer. Grubauer is the only other one. Yeah, and that and that's inside the division. So that and, and I would think I would take Gillies over Grubauer because I still think at twenty four. You've got a, a big ceiling there, and the, uh, I like the amount of net he takes up at six six.
2: If you want, if you want a cheap option, if, if you want a cheap option, how about Garrett Sparks? No, but they don't want a cheap option. I think they want. Like, oh, I think they want a cheap option. This is the Islanders we're talking about. No, no, I, I think not they want really.
0: the right guy. And I think at the end of the day, if you get someone, the Phillies, yeah. you're you're talking. Now he has played twelve NHL games, so it's not like he hasn't played any, and he's healthy, and we know what he can do. He what he had with the Flames he was a, you know a little under what about X what about X favorite Aaron Dell Now he's better than Aaron Dell cuz he's younger like Aaron nobody believes Aaron Dell <laughs> even Eck doesn't believe Aaron Dell Let's, let's I here. totally
1: believe in Aaron Dell Right
0: let's be <laughs> real about that but I just think at the end of the day this could be a very good move for the Islanders because yeah, but- uh, let, let, let's let's agree
2: on this. i has got to get a chance. Let's agree on this. I think that one of Lou's first moves is to do what Garth Snow has failed to do for the last four years, and that's getting is he's going to get a goalie because he, yeah. he knows how important goaltending is. He's yeah. got a, he's got a, a, he's got access on defense. Even though some people criticize the Islanders' defense, they have a lot of defensemen, so he may take advantage of that. And they've got a ton of prospects at forward. You know, maybe. It's this is the time to sort of like reorganize where the Islanders are. Now you may have to do that because you may not have Tavares in the mix. But I think Lou did that successfully with the Leafs. He did a good job in three years helping them out. He got rid of FNUF, uh, which was an, a Herculean task, and he and he, he got their goaltender of the future and Freddie, or goaltender of the present, Freddie Anderson. So I think he's very capable of helping out the Islanders in the short term.
1: No, he is. He is. And, 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 you know, he'll, he'll make some really smart moves. He does like, like you guys have talked about, he and Garth Snow have a great relationship. Um, He's helped Garth Snow a lot. He's, he's mentored Garth Snow a lot behind yep. the scenes. So I think that there's, there's a really good chance there that, you know, that he'll do something with, with Garth, you know, and, and, and he'll work with Garth to, and, you know, Snow has made some good moves and some bad moves, obviously. The, the fact of the matter is the Islanders are, They've got they've got some good, they made some good draft picks, they've made some half decent trades, they've made some bad signings. But but at the end of the day, you know, two years ago, this Islanders team won a playoff round and looked like they were on the right track, and then suddenly they're not, right? So that I think I think that Lou will take them. I, I just think that the stability that he'll bring to an unstable organization is bigger than everything else.
0: Here's the thing, X. So I did find an article from the post dated April 9th, New York Post and basically they say the arena is still on track for 2021-22 so keep that in mind but they said there's political red tape which is every every day on long island and environmental issues which is again probably those environmental impact statements like i mentioned and then he said ledecky basically said that there's no indication it won't start as planned his checkbook is open but again so many other things can go on and I think it's a worry that they haven't broken ground
2: yet. So, so was Charles Wong's uh, checkbook when it came to right. the Lighthouse Project, and that didn't get I off the ground. How your
0: Fans feel right now, and you can't blame them until right. something substantial happens, like
2: this groundbreaking, and it hasn't happened. Maybe it'll happen in July. I don't know. Well, let's tra- let's transition to Tampa Bay, Washington, because we got like fifteen yeah. minutes left. So,
1: yeah, let's transition to Tampa Bay, Washington. Um, um
2: and yeah. I, I, I can I say, I told you so, folks. I okay. told you so. You know the, the series and, uh, What's that? Has the series ended? No, no. I'm not saying it's a, Oh, okay. I'm just checking. I'm not saying it's ended, And but do I believe that Washington will come back, win game six and win game seven? No, I do not. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. They might win game six. They may force a game seven. But oh, right now, so you gave some wiggle room there. Why not close
0: it out tonight? Why don't you <laughs> close it out tonight?
2: I picked Tampa. Okay,
0: That's well, my pick. Now you're skirting the question. <laughs> okay, convinced with Tampa, why not? Why can't they close it out tonight? No,
2: you're, Russ, you never know whether the old Vasilevsky is going to show up because the uh-huh. new Vasilevsky has uh-huh. stood on his head three games, three, four, and five. I know it looks bad for, for Washington. I'm yeah. sticking with them,
0: though, simply not because I picked them, but because they've come back. No, no, because they've come back before in, in this sort of environment, and now there's something else. Now we're pretty much out in the open, and it's almost a guarantee that Trotz is leaving. Yes. And now that everybody knows that Trotz is leaving, these players, and you know, for a lack of a better term, we're going to try like hell to sort of win one for him. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. They all had probably known what's what's going on with Trotz, but now that it's public,
2: right? A fight I mean,
0: myself with their coach.
2: I mean the report the report out there out there was uh, last weekend that basically said even if they win the cup. He's gone,
0: right, which is crazy.
2: Which means, which means probably that Reardon is the new coach. Once, right. which is well, why no. the Rangers are going with Quinn, I guess. But you know, Russ, from what I heard, and I think it was John Shannon that reported it. it this is all on Trots. Basically, he does not like McClellan, right? And he and his contract right. is up, and he doesn't want to resign with them. So if that's I the case, what
0: I would do if I were Ted Leontis. I would keep Barry Trots, and I would find another GM.
2: Well, he just he just extended him for three years, so that. Yeah, you know, that the money he's still got the AOL money, he'll be okay.
1: Hmm. I'm not okay. Oh, yeah, I know he's something. got, I mean, he's got the money. That's the i not worried
0: about Ted's pocketbook here.
1: No, the money's fine. I mean, that's, yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. not really an issue. I just billion dollars there,
0: and, okay. and, and no, no slight okay. to and I think bringing in a young coach, even though he's been an assistant with them yeah. to deal with Alex Ovechkin, is not easy because all of a sudden he's now the guy that right. Ovechkin has to deal with all the time. Trots is maybe the best coach in the in the NHL dealing mm-hmm. with players. Him or Boudreau, you can take your pick.
2: But he, you know here here here's yeah. the here's the thing that if I'm if I'm a Capitals fan and, and I know you know like I picked against them and I've been bashing them throughout the playoffs but you know
0: you're a bad Capitals fan if you're a Capitals
2: fan. <laughs> you <know. laughs> thank, thank you. But <laughs> i alex hear you o- there alex ovechkin breaking his stick on the ice in utter frustration at the end of game five is not a good sign for your team folks it really is not no i mean
1: you have to i mean there this this is what i've talked to people around this team for years about is the fact that and i've talked to have said on here they get too high and they get too low you right. know and that i think has made barry Trotz nuts i really do um because he's a very even guy he's a very sure. even coach and you know he might be the best for this, but then again, I don't know that there's any way. I mean, Ovechkin is more like a basketball superstar yes. than a hockey superstar. Yep. You know, he just has that thing where I'm he. I'm not
0: saying he's not a great guy. He's he's really good out in public with people and everything else. But he is heavy maintenance for a coach.
1: Oh, right? he's a phenomenal guy, and I totally agree with you. And I mean, I've and he'll he does things that he just loves this game. He, his passion is is on you know is one of the greatest no questions. for the
0: game. No
1: question. Yeah, there's no question he's passionate. I mean, like I've, I've said many times, the guy drove. I, I saw the guy drive to Philadelphia through a snowstorm in in a in a rental car to see a preseason game one time. Right. Like. To, to join his team, because he had been hurt, and he, they were coming back from a road trip for a preseason game in the snow. I mean, Ovechkin has. There's no two ways about it. He loves the game, and he wants to win more than any player out there.
2: Right, but, right. But, but and, mean, is, it's, this is it's not defending. a que- This is not a questioning of desire. It's yeah. a questioning of per. And then, then unlike other years where his performance has been has been lacking, I think he's actually stepped up this this postseason and actually played fairly well. I mean, we're 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 the Capitals are are and. It may be more bad luck than anything. I mean Backstrom has done absolutely nothing since he came back. So he's, he's clear. Face-offs. Yeah, what's that? He's winning face-offs. I keep oh, seeing. Oh zippity doo I'm, I'm sorry. It's like man. he's got he's got a broken wrist or a broken hand and I and I give him all the credit in the world for for toughing it out and coming back. But if you're that de- debilitated uh you know then you're really I don't know how much good you're doing I don't other think it's than... doing any
1: good playing with Ovechkin put it that way. Like I think right. I honestly think I honestly don't see how you don't have Ovechkin and Kuznetsov together, like
2: that. Well, it's, it's one thing they're trying to have two. They're trying to have two lines that score.
1: Yeah, but and you only you only you won when Kuznetsov and Ovechkin were together, right? I mean, right. like you have to, and and that's what you have to, and and even just bringing them back together, just it just gives both of those guys like a, a shot in the arm. Um, and there's nothing against Backstrom. You got a great. You, he's a great. You, you want two lines? You got two lines. You know, like but you, the
2: – Right. But the what's what's happened in the last three games is the depth of the of the lightning has come to the forefront. Not not only, I mean, Vasilevsky stole game four. There's no doubt. Well, but there's two things. Vasilevsky was great last game. Yeah. And
0: that goal by Callahan was one of the luckiest goals you'll ever see by, by any human being. Because not only did it never touch a stick. It was just one of those things where it just hit him in the right place where they yeah. can't say he knocked it in. And it was a massive goal. And even he was like a little surprised. You no, know, hey, look, if you're in the right place at the right time, good things happen. And
1: it should have counted. It was a good goal. Oh,
0: and it and should. It but how good. often is that kind of goal gonna happen? Like that was the margin of error in the last game, really. About as many well, times. I, one write, thing,
1: I forgot I really want to mention this. This is this is a is going back to Winnipeg for a second, but this is something that made me crazy. And then and I just I really wanted to mention what Peter was on here. But this, I thought this was I haven't heard anybody talk about this the last in the last 4 minutes of that game mm-hmm. there was not a stoppage you know right um and at one point bufflin had the puck behind his own net and it was about a minute and a half left okay and they were obviously spent like you could right. see how well, they it was. They were. Yeah.
2: right
1: how the hell what's wrong with what's wrong with bufflin just icing the puck right there like that to me uh-huh. what you i mean i you they needed a break and a timeout so badly to, to to just calm down to get the right players out there, and they did. And it's amazing to me that they went they went through the last four minutes without getting a stoppage. Oh,
0: I think that does speak to him not being a dominant player in the playoffs, or a consistent guy, or one of those guys that like a captain kind of guy would do that.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't like I don't
1: know. Just or you know, we've seen guys go off sides intentionally or quickly, yeah, whatever you have to I do. do.
2: I don't know exactly. what I don't know what his minutes were in 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 game five, but all I know is like from watching Dion Phaneuf play twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight minutes with Toronto. When they got when he got them that much ice time, his brain went to mush. It's basically you get so fatigued that but you don't, don't you think
1: people are yelling from the bench or something like that? at That point, like people are yelling, get a stoppage, get a stoppage, get a stoppage, because like the fact is that there was no way the players who were on the ice and they were the players they had to have on the ice, the only players that were scoring in the series. There was no way they were going to score unless they got a a, a, a you know a sip of water and a second. Like they had to, there was something, it was so obvious and it was so unbelievably frustrating that, and there, oh, there's one point that Halibut, oh, this is even this is even better. With about three and a half minutes left, if you look at it, um, no, I'm going to say it was, it was under three, just like two and a half. The puck comes in and Halibut, Plays it like he could have easily frozen the puck at that point and gotten a stoppage. He plays the puck out with two and a half minutes. Like he moves the puck, and I was just, just like this. That kind of stuff was just baffling. Like how do you not
0: and a half minutes, Mike? But some of that's power play time too.
1: How, yeah, how do you not have to get a, somehow get yourself a stoppage so you can call a timeout so you can set it up when the whole season's on the line like that? it's just it was incredible to me. I just had didn't hear anybody talking about it, but I'm I'm I was like yelling at the TV. I'm like, why aren't they stopping the play? They were just so tired. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. I
2: mean, yeah, no, I, and the, the thing, I, and just going back to that for a second, when, when Flurry tweaked, it either was a groin or a knee or something like that in the second period. I mean, like, okay, Manny Lagasse is the backup goalie. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, or, i, know, sorry, I know. That's, that's crazy. I was,
1: the way it works with Vegas, they'd still win the freaking Stanley Cup. I mean, it doesn't <laughs>
0: matter.
1: it no, doesn't matter.
2: I'm not just handing them the Stanley Cup. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Maxim Lagasse. I knew it was Manny yeah. it was At this Manny, point,
1: I don't know. I I mean, don't you think that Winnipeg is better than either Washington or Tampa?
2: It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nashville was better.
1: No, but I think Winnipeg is better better than either Washington or Tampa. That's what I'm saying. So, and at the end of the day, Washington and Tampa, they could ever, I I agree with Mike, at least on the point that I think it's going to go seven games. I know you didn't say that, but I think you're thinking that. Misinterpret um, me to, to make your no, I far. really think this is going to go seven games. I do think the Caps will find a way to win. There is like, you know, back against the wall type thing. That, and the Caps in the past, by the way, have stretched games, stretched series to seven games. Even the Caps teams have lost to the Penguins in seven. They've all, they've I, all, all I
2: know it. is all I know is, and I said this, I said this after game two, that right now this is playing as the exact reverse of the first round series against Columbus. They lost the first two at home yeah. and then then won the next four and they're doing the exact opposite of what had happened in that first The difference series. to that.
1: The difference, what makes this even worse though than that series was they actually dominated the first two, like where, where you have like, you know, the Columbus blue jackets, those were two overtime wins, you know, like those were two, I mean, they were close games against the capitals. The capitals actually did like they own the, they own the lightning for two games. And, uh and then, you know, there you are falling out, you know, so that's, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think again I think it's gonna go seven, but and, and so what's gonna happen again? That it's gonna go seven and again now the Stanley Cup finals I was told are not gonna start till Monday. Is that you heard this? No matter what, they're not gonna start till Memorial Day.
0: Really? The thirty first, that is?
1: Yeah, so Monday, yeah, actually okay. Monday okay. no Monday can the twenty eighth.
0: Can I say something about that? The
1: twenty eighth. Oh. Monday the twenty
0: eighth. Monday the twenty eighth, right. Okay, that's right. So no, the twenty eighth I heard is one of the dates. The 29th is the other one. You know, again, the combine is the is Like the 31st, first, and second. It's like impossible for people to make all of these events.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know how they're doing it. You know, it's funny. It's like, you know, I'm I'm sure Vegas is going to have somebody there, but, you know, Vegas, of all the teams, should should, they should definitely be at the combines?
2: Tampa wins, it opens in Tampa. Right. Tampa Tampa had 113 points. I think, I think actually Vegas beat the caps by one point in the standings, they had 106 and and Washington had 105. So if that's the case, it would open in Vegas. Yeah. If Washington won, it would open in Tampa. If, uh, if the lightning went.
1: So the problem with this is like media day, which they're going to do is going to be, is going to end up being
2: on Memorial day
1: on either on Sunday or on Monday. On
2: Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that if it goes seven, it could op- it could open on it would open on Tuesday, from what I understood. If it was six, if it goes ends tonight, it open on Monday. The actual series so that means that means you know media days on a, the Sunday Memorial Day weekend, which is the worst possible case scenario. Like you don't want it. This is n- it's hard to,
2: This is the earl. This is like the absolute. I mean, Russ, the, last year was what June the third, June the fourth, yes. something.
0: And that's is, after the combine. It was great.
2: Yeah, so you're you're talking about you're talking about the Stanley Cup final being over by by June say 14th or something like that. So that's gonna be like a almost all oh, it's gonna be over a week before between which is you know what was it last year? Was it two days, three days between well, That's
1: better from the teams. I mean the teams would rather have that.
2: Right. Uh, which is probably why they did the I mean I don't think they could plan the fact that you know there would be so many short series. So
1: but when way how you slice it t- again Vegas is going in with more rest than the team they're playing. Right, and again, yep. they're going in. They're going in, you know, healthier than the team they're playing. Um, and it's just going to be the reality. Is going to be, you know, that that's the crazy, the crazy thing about this. I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun to watch. I yep. really, I really am pulling for Washington to send this to seven because I want to see a nice seven, seven game yep. series here. I think it would be fun to have a game seven in this series. I
2: still think it could happen. Yeah, I do um, too. We will have a special guest uh, tomorrow, uh, Shang Peng. The, Excellent. Uh, our Vegas blogger will, right. uh, will be joining us.
1: <laughs> Shang's such a great story. We'll tell the story tomorrow. But just how, you know, like his guy came out of nowhere to me and just like, you know, I want to cover Vegas. I'm like, sure, you know, wh- why not? You know, someone's got to cover Vegas. You know, but, and Shang's a great writer. He has actually turned into a very really more professional than, I, you know, and he's, and he's proven himself. And he's covered a couple, um, you know, award ceremonies for me out there. But um, you know, th- I'm just been so impressed by the job he's done. He's he's done a great job. And you know, the other night I'm watching C- C- CBC and you know, Shang Peng from Hockey Buzz asking a question to uh in uh, on, on the news conference. I'm like, this is great. You know, and it's just it's such a crazy story because I never thought in a million years that this guy would be asking a asking a question in a press conference of a team going to the Stanley Cup. You know, that's just because right. this was I guess anyway. Before we go, one last thing, real quick, we got to get out of here. I know. But uh, I thought that someone sent this to me, and I just, I love this. This is so cool. So I just thought I had to put this up there. There you go. <laughs>
0: that's a disservice to Lou.
1: I think that's phenomenal.
0: No, I disagree.
1: The Gordon Fisherman. All right. Remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: 18 plus.